Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Perry Menopause Power. Hello, Lise, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, Natalie. I hope you are too. I am going super. And this is our 96th episode of Perry Menopause Power. Can you believe it? I'm, I, I can't believe it, actually. And when you pointed that out to me during the week, um, I was a bit gobsmacked. I, I can't believe that pretty much every week we've been throwing a podcast out, which is no mean feat, right? And, you know, I. I will um, openly congratulate you here because you're the one that does a lot of the editing on our podcasts and it's a little bit more of a job for yourself as well. So, um, you know, but we've, we've really enjoyed it and gosh, we've met some amazing people and I actually was catching up with someone yesterday who's been listening to our podcast. She said, you know, you've had some brilliant people on your podcast. So hooray and woohoo for us. Absolutely. And we are gearing up for a special 100th episode, which we will release before the end of the year. And that will probably be um, us for the for the year with our podcast episodes and we'll take a much needed break, but we will absolutely be back next year. And I know we're lining up some wonderful guests that we will share for the final episodes of this year, but also new episodes into the new year as well. Um, but for this episode... We wanted to talk a little bit about the concept around our thinking and our beliefs and our feelings around menopause. And I might have shared this in past podcast episodes, but I know you will know, Lise, that I love a quote. You do. We, and we, yeah, there's always little. There's, there's always just that quote that sort of gets some, um, gets us thinking, or might even get a being a bonnet is that the right way of saying it? Yep. You know all those things, but it, it always conjures something emotional up within us, doesn't it? It really does, and especially ones that are very much around forward thinking. As you know, I'm I'm very passionate about the brain and the way the brain works mm-hmm. and how we can use the brain to really support the life that we want to live. And I came across this quote from Dan Sullivan, and the quote is, your eyes only see and your ears only hear what your brain is looking for. Mm-hmm. I thought, amazing. And instantly I was taken to menopause and the fact that there is a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of fear, a lot of guilt, a lot of despair when it comes to thinking about menopause or our ex- while we're going through the experience of menopause as well. And again, a lot of that does come from what we see, what we hear, and our brain with our negative bias, I've, I've mentioned that before, that our brain has a natural negative bias. And so it's always looking for the negative and looking for the parts that are tricky or the things that are not so good. And so naturally, we're always going to find those thoughts and we're going to find those feelings. And part of what we do with perimenopause power in our work is really shifting that mindset and getting everyone to understand that there is power, there's a portal, which our guest Bron Williams shared, that Mm. there's a transformation that we're going through and there's a real opportunity. So I posted this quote as a meme on my LinkedIn account and I shared the following caption and I wanted to read the caption and, and we can have a bit of a chat, Lise, and then lead into some of my thoughts around 
how we can start to um, choose what we see and what we hear and allow our brain to really tap into the opportunity and the growth. So on LinkedIn, I wrote, if there is one thing I'd love women to embrace through their menstrual and menopausal years, it is this exactly as I've shared with the quote. There is an ingrained conditioning that has told us that menstruation, periods, menopause, women's bodies, our cycles and phases are shameful, wrong, disgusting, dismissive, do not need to be considered, should be feared and makes us troublesome. This has created the vow of silence and uncomfortableness that is still haunting us today. We need to shift what our eyes see and our ears hear consciously and and subconsciously and embrace and harness the strength, power and potential that is our cycle. We need to change what our eyes see and our ears hear when it comes to support options and recognize the power is ours for the taking. We need to know that we are in control of what our brain sees and hears. And if we see opportunity, health, positivity, choice, a portal, then we can live and feel as we desire, no matter what phase of life we are in. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. It's um, It conjures up a whole lot of things in my mind when you're reading that through, Nat. And I think... Um, you know, I, we have conversations with women every day and there's a lot of negative talk around periods per se because, um, and we've talked about this previously, you know, our periods really are a report card on how our health is, but yet we so do not see it that way. You know, we talk to young girls who are on the pill in relation to, um, you know, what their period irregularity is seen as, but yet we don't have the education to know that, there's a number of years in between the onset of menstruation and a few years down where that balance or that regularity needs to happen all by itself. And, you know, with the support of a lot of what we do, that's positive to our bodies. So there's just so much education that's not being, that's not happening and that's taking us right through into menopause, isn't it? Yeah, it truly is. And, And we've spoken many times before how the schooling system, or at least we know in Australia is very limited and young girls and boys are given a very brief introduction to puberty and periods, and that's it. There's no discussion around mm. the power of our bodies, our cycles, our phases, our life transitions that we will go through, and we just don't get it. And that is the challenge of, I guess, where we are today. And we've shared this before, the amount of information that is just passed down from generation to generation and it is impacting the way that we see menstruation and menopause. It is impacting what we hear about it as well. And of course, because we've got that ingrained conditioning, our brain is naturally looking for that. As I mentioned in the opening, it's that negative bias, natural negative bias is looking for all the negativity, is looking for all the doom and gloom associated with it. And, of course, we absolutely do not take away from the fact that it is quite troublesome and uncomfortable for women. You can't replace that. But how can we start to learn and embrace and, most importantly, accept the phase and start to flip what we see and what we hear and and choose and make a choice around what we see and what we hear and decide that this is for my my greater good for today and the future as well. Yeah, and that positive, you know, we always talk about a positive mindset, um, you know, look, look on the positive side of things and obviously not discounting that there can be some symptoms that can be, tro- you know, very troublesome to women in perimenopause and beyond. 
but I I also feel like a lot of that is to do is around the education that they don't have and like you know around what's happening to their bodies too and you know we've talked about we've talked about it um, quite a bit around that acceptance of it you may not like it but when you can accept it it can it can change the way your mind really views it you know we talked it you just talked about that negativity that the brain actually um, you know uh, resonates with first and foremost but if we can go well yeah I know this symptom is negative but I understand why it's happening and here are some of the positive things that I could be doing um, you know hopefully the majority of women can see that there's a positive element in it and yeah we really need to see that it's, it's very much around what the mind sees but the education behind it is is key and paramount to how we move forward with it. Mm, so true. And we're actually seeing through a lot of research that cognitive behavioral therapy is proving as a very valid and crucial um, treatment for menopausal symptoms. And if you're not familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT as it is abbreviated, CBT essentially teaches you coping skills for dealing with different situations or problems or challenges, and it very much focuses on your thoughts, your beliefs, and your attitudes and how these really affect your feelings and your actions. And I think I'm pretty sure I've shared this across one of our other podcast episodes around that special equation that we've got, which I, I didn't mm. create. Um, it has been uh, repurposed many, many times through different other professionals, but I, I loved it when I first heard it and I can't even remember who I first heard it from. But our beliefs equal our thoughts, our thoughts equal our feelings and our feelings equal our actions. And there is no greater equation, I believe, in when you can think about where our actions come from. And if you think about you know, a time where you've got perhaps feeling some really strong, angry emotions, which are probably stemmed from certain thoughts that you're having, which absolutely go back to some certain beliefs. So I often talk about beliefs um, in the context of even expectations. So sometimes our beliefs that we've got expectations around how certain people should behave or the certain things that we should do. And when they don't go to plan, we then start to feel um, or have thoughts that that's not working, that creates feelings of anger or frustration. And then we naturally take action in responding to that belief, those thoughts and those feelings. And what cognitive behavioral therapy allows is it helps you to decipher and understand your beliefs. It helps you to understand the thoughts and the feelings. And we've spoken before about the inner critic yeah. and just yes. how powerful that inner critic is to mm. what we believe think feel and the action that we take and so just I guess in following on from the quote and the bit of a discussion that we're having we'd love to just talk about how you can start to connect with your beliefs your thoughts and your feelings and then start to look at the actions that you're taking or the actions that you're not taking in your current experience what do you think Lise? Yeah, and I think it's it, it's a real positivity piece really essentially, isn't it? Because we tend to go to the negative from a safety point of view. That's as you've just alluded to, you know, that's where our mind goes. But how powerful it is it to think of some, around some of the positive things that you can be doing. And I look, you know, you know me, I'm always coming back to the simple things, but some of the simple things can actually be even just around, you know, getting appropriate and um, restful sleep because that can be such you know if you haven't slept well and it's such an issue 
we know in perimenopause and menopause, um, if women are not getting sleep, you know, not being able to get great sleep, it just, it, it relates to how hungry they feel, to how their emotional state is, to what their mental state is like, um, their movement, you know, they don't feel like moving when it's probably one of the best things they can be doing just to push themselves to get out there. Sleep, and you know, if you can't get the right sleep through the night, well, then maybe there are some other avenues where you might want to grab some 20 minute sleep cycles or, you know, a bit of sleep here and there just to see if you can catch up. It's not the most fantastic way to look at it, but I think if we can just concentrate and pull, and, and pull out one thing that we can be doing, whether it's eating well, moving well, sleeping well, they go a really long way in creating a real positive mindset and and getting, getting that inner critic and really just dumbing it down, really, you know, pushing it out the way so that a positive critic can take its place. And, and I want to say positive critic, that's probably not the right word, but you know what I mean, right? I think there's, and everyone's different as to the strategy that they might adopt, but the positivity with a capital P is the one thing that needs to come in here. And that can work hand in hand with, you know, any medicalization of, of, uh, of menopause, they'll menstruation that people find that they are needing to adopt as well. Um, it goes back to a lot of the lifestyle uh, things that we talk about around implementing them and what they look like for you in your everyday life. But I think, um, and it, it all comes back to education around that as well. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we're just not educated or, um, you know, you alluded to it with what we're learning at school. We know it's not enough. Um, but then when do we actually have an opportunity to learn more? Mm. Um, you know, we, we tend to get into a busy life and we've heard that, you know, that uh, term busy, busy woman syndrome, rushing women syndrome. Actually, Penny Lacasso on one of our podcasts talked about high-functioning, high busy woman syndrome or something like that. And I thought, oh, my God, that is so true because that's how many women are functioning these days. And I was at a, an event yesterday where we were just talking about how life is just so busy and we're just tending to um, really put everyone else first, but yet if we can actually put ourselves first, everyone follows in such a positive way. So it's it's around, it's around that mind speak too, how, how we've actually evolved as a person, how we've been raised, it all comes back to that as well. And that's where we are not making those probably more positive choices to actually, you know, that self-care and put ourselves first so that we can actually have a positive framework around how we're living our life is, is um, really important. Mm, yeah, so true. And and you're so spot on that if we're having certain thoughts and feelings about our experience or what we're feeling, uh, our beliefs, if they're coming out and playing in it, well, we're not going to naturally be making positive, supportive, I often refer mm. to them as energy boosting decisions rather than energy draining decisions because we're not in that that frame of mind. So if we can talk through a little bit and perhaps I'll give you some prompters and you might like to pause after each prompter and maybe even journal or just take a moment to reflect, but think about your belief. What is your belief about menopause? What is the ingrained belief that you believe is true, whether it is actually true or not? What do you feel? I mean, beliefs around menopause, there's a lot that I'm getting old, I'm, I'm putting on weight. Um, I can't function as well. I'm getting, I'm, I'm unemployable. There's lots of different beliefs that we have and they do play out in our experience. You might also like to think about, and Lise, you alluded to sleep. We could look at our beliefs around sleep. 
What are your beliefs around sleep? And remember that these are possibly very much ingrained through your childhood and, and early adult years. Do you believe that sleep is, we, we don't need it? Or do you believe that if you sleep, that you're weak? If you sleep too much, if you go to bed early, that perhaps you're not showing up as you should be. Or if you wake up early, that um, you're not going to be as productive. You know, we have so many different beliefs mm. that play out in how we think and we feel. So you might like to look at menopause as a whole, or you might like to look at a certain topic around sleep, movement, um, stress even. And then as we move from our belief, start to think about what are the thoughts that you have around those beliefs. So coming back to menopause, if your belief is that you are, um, menopause means that you're old, what are your thoughts that come out about that? Well, naturally you might be having thoughts that, you know, you're not worthy or you're not, you're not lovable anymore, or you're not, um, you're not beautiful anymore, or no one's going to look at you or want to hang around with you or life's over. You know, we start to have a range of different thoughts that play from our beliefs. If we look at the sleep example, so if you think about, well, sleep, if I sleep too much, it just means that I'm lazy. If I take an afternoon nap, it means that I'm lazy. So then we start to have thoughts around, well, I shouldn't be doing that because I need to be seen to be doing. And if I take a rest, who's going to be doing all the work around the house? So you can see how we start to have thoughts around our certain beliefs. And then our thoughts create our feelings. So when you're having those feelings or sorry, those thoughts about being old, not worthy, indispensable, um, no one's going to employ you anymore, um, you can't change careers, you start to have feelings of possibly around frustration, low confidence feelings. You might be having feelings of um, low energy or sadness. And so then naturally those feelings then start to create the actions that you take or the actions that you don't take. And so if you're in that frame of mind where you're feeling quite down about being in menopause because you think that you are old and the feelings are, you know, taking over your entire body, well, you might lash out at someone or you might choose to binge on Netflix or something or, um, you know, indulge in, in something that's not overly nourishing for you or you might, you know, be judgmental of other people. You, you can see how that your beliefs, your thoughts and your feelings create actions that probably they're um, perceived negative feelings that poor actions that you're taking, but also not just for yourself, but you might be making poor choices of actions for others as well. So when we can come back and connect to the beliefs, the thoughts and the feelings, we can start to break down our actions and see, you know what, that actually that belief isn't even my belief. That's a belief that someone has planted in my brain many, many moons ago. And actually, I want to flip that belief because I believe that I'm coming into my power within my 40s and my 50s. And I am lovable. Look at all the wonderful people around me. I have a fantastic career. Or even if you don't have a fantastic career, you know what? I've got so much more to give in my career and I'm going to continue to pursue it despite what people think or that that perception around my age. You know, Nat, as you, that was so brilliantly put, by the way. And and as you're talking that through, I'm thinking, where is the catalyst for a lot of this come from? So you know, as we as we evolve as people, it starts from you know when we're little little people, and but you know, it's just it's ingrained. But it's not, and so a lot of it, I think, also is around the media that we all consume, whether it be newspapers, Netflix, you know, the things that 
we should be looking like we should be doing and I think as women I feel like many of us are too afraid to question where those ideas have come from and I feel like a lot of women don't like it but are we calling it out do we have the confidence um, to be calling it out and I feel like we're getting there but previously we haven't been able to do that and or had the confidence to call it out and I feel like that is really happening a lot now, but I feel like that is such a big catalyst for the ideas and the I shoulds and all that kind of thing that we are struggling to actually think, you know what, I don't think that is true one little bit. And But how do I move to the point where, do I have the confidence to move to the point where I want to push it back and say, no, this is what I'm going to do instead. And I feel like that's the catalyst for so much of what you've just been talking about. Mm, Absolutely. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that trying to change your beliefs and thoughts is easy because it's not. And this is the topic or the subject uh, learning of emotional intelligence as well. And, And it takes a lot of time. But the greatest step that you can take, I start to notice what is sitting behind your actions. So for me, if I've ever had a moment, and that was a real catalyst for me, if I had a moment where I sort of lashed out at my daughter and, you know, when she was younger and I'm like, hang on. Where did that come from? You know, and I had yeah. and I stopped and I, I looked back and I'm like, oh, you know what? Because I've got this belief that she should be able to do this. Or, mm. you know, my thoughts mm. is that why are you doing that? You know, you're you're doing that to torment me. Well, no, she's not. <laughs> you actually have to go through the experience to take a moment to stop and look back mm. and say, okay, hang on, no, that is not the action that I want to take because that is not favorable for me, or that is not favorable for whoever's in my company at the time. And I want to shift that belief. I want to do this instead. So next time that a situation like this comes up again, this is how I'm going to respond. So it's only through acknowledging that and coming back to those beliefs and those thoughts and feelings that you can then start to change the actions that you take. But it's it's a slow process and it's a forever work in progress as well. It is. And, you know, we don't call this podcast perimenopause power for nothing, actually, because there isn't there, there's a real power in that first acknowledgement of actually moving in a different direction to what you thought you had to be you know riding driving walking in and you only need to make it once to go you know what that was really powerful because I'm actually voicing where um, or actioning something different to how I thought that I should have been doing it but not necessarily wanting to do that action in that way or that decision in that way so it's baby steps, right? Just like the coaching that we do, it's, you know, small steps um, are really powerful. And yeah, I would just encourage our listeners that if they're, you know, if they're faced with decision-making that, you know, is not the norm or, you know, the expected of them, that's okay. Mm, so, so true. And I think if I can leave everyone with one thing, it's that it is your choice, how you mm. respond, how you think, how you feel, your beliefs are entirely your choice and you get to decide and we often say that you get to decide what this experience of perimenopause and menopause is for you and you get to decide what you see what you hear and what you feel and what you believe and um, you can do it probably one of the biggest obstacles that come up is uh, particularly for women is we worry about what other people will think if we start to change 
We'll worry about what other people think if I start exercising or if I start eating a certain way. How's that going to impact my family? What are my friends and family going to think? Well, I just always say, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff what everyone else thinks. Just go ahead knowing that you are giving to you as you want and giving yourself the best opportunity for thriving health today and in the future. Your last two short and each to their own, I think. And it's, it's you know, whether people agree with it or not, it's not really a worry to you. If it makes you happy and that's the way you want to be heading, um, certainly go for it. And we shouldn't be worrying too much about what other people think. And you know what? I always say that you don't, if the people in your corner aren't supporting you and accepting what your decision is, maybe they're not the right people to be in your corner as well. So that's something else to think about. Mm, so true. Such a great conversation. I did want to flag that next week in Melbourne is actually Melbourne Cup weekend for us and you and I are uh, walking our talk and we're taking a break from a podcast episode next week, aren't we, Lise? So uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, that'll be great and I look forward to um, uh, being able to share our insights with everyone again then. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.